Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Windows Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Therott, episode 199, recorded March 10th, 2011. I feel funny in my pants. Windows Weekly is brought to you by Go to Assist Express. If you're in tech support, clients rely on you for fast and reliable service. Help them the fast and easy way with Go to Assist Express. For a free 30-day trial, visit gotoassist.com slash windows. And by Carbonite. Backing up the files on your PC or Mac is safe and easy with Carbonite. For a free trial plus two free months with purchase, go to Carbonite.com. Offer code Windows. And by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look more professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. It's time for the Super Snarky, Paul Therott and Leo Laporte and Windows Weekly. Hello, Snark friends. <laughs> Hello, Snark fans. Oh, oh. Paul Therott is here. He's the editor-in-chief of the Super Site for Windows, winsupersite.com. The author of the fabulous Delphi yes. 3 Super Bible and other great books. Maybe something a little more uh, germane to your life, the Windows Phone Secrets, which just came out, all about the new Windows 7 phone, Windows Phone 7. And uh, also the news editor for Windows IT Pro and the host of our show. Hello, Mr. Therat. Hello, sir. How are you today? Are you <laughs> feeling good? good? I guess I'm okay. I don't know. I, did, I wasn't feeling particularly snarky, but... Now you have to be super snarky because this is the show for snark fans. I think like everyone, I'm just waiting for tomorrow so I can go stand in line at an Apple store <sighs> like a lemon. Are you going to do that? You know what Apple did? Actually, yeah, go ahead. They, uh, you know, South by Southwest is uh, the interactive festival, and you know, all basically, it's an excuse for San Franciscans to go to Austin. That's really who's sure. there. It's a bunch of San Franciscans. It's all the same people that I know in Austin. Uh, but yeah, it's a great it's party. Basically, good bars and restaurants and, yeah. and music, and we have big parties celebrating how great we are in the web. 2.0. It is the most non-essential uh, <laughs> conference in the history of technology. No, it's I understand. It's fun. Anyway, we're it. going down. And guess what Apple's done? Because a lot of us are arriving tomorrow night, uh, which means we won't be able to get in line at the Apple store. So Apple very thoughtfully has set up an Apple store next to the conference center so we can line up there. That is, it's very thoughtful. Isn't that nice of them? It was a, <laughs> it was a very benevolent gesture on their <laughs> Isn't part. Isn't that nice? I just love it. It's like, um, oh, don't worry. You can, you can wait in line. <laughs> we'll, yeah, set, don't, don't. we'll set up a line just for Everyone you. Everyone gets to wait in line. Yeah, don't worry. No, you're not going to miss the fun. And by the way, you do hear this frequently. Uh, people say, oh, how much fun. I think I've said it. It is waiting in line to buy an Apple product. It's just fun, Paul. It is fun. We love I've it. Ha I, I have had a good time doing this. <laughs> Oops. I, I, I'm not kidding. I dropped the Delphi Super oh. Bible. I think there's a hole in the floor. Whoa! Yeah, just, yeah just don't drop it on your foot. <laughs> you fall asleep reading that book and you're dead. The <laughs> wow. last thing that will go through your head, literally, will be something about, you know, tea control or whatever. Wow. Uh, you think you think that uh, <laughs> the Kindle's heavy. Wow. Those were the days. Analog books. Yep. So, uh, good to see you, Paul. <laughs> you too. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. 
Um, let's start our show today by talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. Okay. The solid state disk drive, an SSD. Is that near and dear to your heart? Yeah, I don't, it, you know, it's funny. I think that the final straw here was the MacBook Air where I really, I mean, this is a slow processor. It's not, it's not a high-end machine, and yet it feels super fast purely because it has an SSD in it. I took an old MacBook, put an SSD in it, and it felt like it was really, really fast. It, it turns out that a lot of the speed of your computer, the apparent speed of your computer, comes from the speed of the disk drive. Right, and there's nothing, and, and putting a solid state drive in there just makes a huge difference. I just ordered the new MacBook, and it's going to have an SSD in it. I I can't live without it. It's where it's what I want to do. So you sound very garbled to me, by the way. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Did that sound double garbled? So I don't speak Polish. Um, <laughs> anyway, tell us about uh, SSDs. Windows kind of Seven a weird is the, electronic garbled. Yeah, going some on. Skype artifact but windows 7 is the only os that i know of that fully supports ssd's trim command so it's really the os for yeah SSD. although i that may be changing in lion i'm not actually sure i bet about it will that, but, i bet uh, it will yeah, yeah I, I i'm sort of slow to the game uh, when it comes to ssd and, and the reason is simple it's expensive you know really expensive yeah, and i for a small amount I, of storage yeah i've always looked at these things wanted one and then said you know this is crazy i I briefly had a Microsoft uh, laptop that had a 60 gig SSD drive on it, but it had a slow, slow processor. So as with the MacBook Air, it you know makes up the difference. Uh, it makes a big difference, you know, having that kind of a drive. So this year, I've resolved that for all of my main, you know, main my actual machines, you know, the ones that I buy and own and use regularly, I'm going to go SSD where it makes sense. Uh, which, well, which is all of them. So how and, are you going to do that? Are you going to um do a smaller boot disk, then use a spinning drive for data? Yeah. So on my main PC, what I did was I replaced the... I actually had two drives in there already, although it wasn't set up in quite the same way that I have it set up now. So I took out the, the, the boot disk that was there previously, which was a 300 and whatever uh, gigabyte drive, and I replaced it with a 120 gigabyte SSD. And then I have a second disk, which is actually two terabytes. It's a you know, your basic Western digital drive, uh, caviar black, whatever it is. And there, you know, there are different tricks you can do in Windows to, you can move your profile over, uh, which is actually something I haven't done on my desktop, although I suspect I'm going to get there eventually. Uh, you can also work with the libraries that are built into Windows 7, which is actually what I'm experimenting with now, which is you basically just point the libraries to different locations, you know. Um, the, the trouble with that second approach is that certain applications will always write to those hard-coded folders like My Documents. And if your profile is still on the C drive, you may find your C drive filling up because these you know applications don't really uh, think about or use libraries uh, for the most part. So uh, this is an experiment right now in my, my current setup on the desktop just to see how it works. You know, uh, I'm going to watch it over time and see if stuff starts leaking over into the system partition. But, you know, the separation of uh, the P, you know the operating system, the applications, and then your data is kind of a neat thing uh, if you can pull it off. Because ideally, and uh, this is still difficult in Windows a little bit, but ideally you could wipe out the operating system and get back up and running very quickly if you, you know, when you have that separation. So in my case, uh, moving to this on all of my systems is requiring a lot of backup because you want to, you know, get all that stuff off and then right. uh, make sure you can get it on the other side. Now, on the other hand, because I'm replacing the drive, I'm going to leave those other drives around for a little while 
unchanged just in case because Good i may idea. eventually run into something you, you know? could go back in other words if you get screwed yeah yeah now on a laptop of course um typically you're not going to have two drives so the ssd you put in there is it you know for the most part for most laptops and that you know for me that's a little bit of a problem up until very recently up until this switch i had actually been using a laptop as my prime primary uh, digital media machine with all of my uh, stuff on it. And it was the machine that I synced all of my devices to. Both the Apple devices and the Zoom devices and the Windows phone uh, all went off of the laptop. And it was kind of convenient because I always brought this laptop with me on trips. So I always had that main copy of my stuff with me no matter where I was. But, uh, you know, the 120 gigabyte SSD is significantly smaller than the 500 uh, gigabyte yeah, but that's, we've become spoiled, really, haven't we? I mean, that's a lot of storage, even 128 gigs. It, it's stupid. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and there's ways fine. around it. For instance, I have 64 on the air, and I've it, I've got 12 gigs free, which I try to keep free. Yeah. Uh, and so I use Dropbox, or I use an external for photos. I use an external drive. I don't have my iTunes library on there. I can't because that's bigger than that. Right. So you just, you know you but but for applications in OS, 128 gig is a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I, I think for me personally, 100, that 120, 128 is about the minimum. I, I, I'd be very comfortable with 256, but uh, very expensive. You know, even on the uh, I have the Intel drive that I got for my laptop is, uh, wasn't too, too expensive for the 120. But once you move up to their next size, 160, it gets dramatically more expensive. Yeah. You know, so you're adding 40 gigs, but it's costing $125 or something. Right. It's kind of crazy. You know, it's, it's just too much. So this is the type of thing. It's going to come down over time. There's no doubt about it. But I, I, and I wouldn't, I'm not going to do this personally, but, you know, on my kids' who, uh, machines where they have netbooks or you have very low-end uh, machines, I suspect that putting a SSD in such a machine would, in fact, make a pretty big difference. Actually, be careful there. I talked to Alan Malventano, mm -hmm. who is uh, the SSD expert at PC Per. He's a regular on the PC Per podcast and our Twitch show this week in Computer Hardware. And yeah. the issue on netbooks is that they the are not so the SATA controller on there is a SATA one slow controller oh. and won't benefit from okay. the SSD. All right, so, so actually, yeah, you do need a SATA two. You need the if you can get it the three gigabit. Uh, three right, gigabit, the faster the throughput of your SATA. Three gigabit per second. Yeah, exactly. So the drives. Yeah, in other words, you can put them in a netbook and you won't see the benefit because the controller can't support that speed. I don't know if they call it SATA three or whatever, but the new uh, drives that are coming out do six gigabit per yeah. second. Yeah, but of course you need the controller as well. So. Um, I don't have any machines that can do that no. anyway. And That's what's amazing about these things. The drives are faster than the yeah, hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, know. you know, going forward as I buy, I'm going to be buying a new laptop this spring. Um, I will absolutely get the biggest possible SSD and it's going to be expensive. You know, um, it's not as bad on the PC side as on the Mac side, but I was looking at those MacBooks, for example, the new MacBooks. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you can actually get a 512 gigabyte ssd but it adds like 1200 bucks to right. the, the cost of the right. machine it's, it, i don't know if it's i got two the, drives i added uh, i put a 128 in the new macbook um and uh, it only added i think 200 dollars to the overall cost so uh, but of course you yeah. you cut your capacity but you know i think that's going to be plenty for me i'm not even going to put windows on the thing yeah. i want to correct myself I, I actually looked up trim on wikipedia and now trim is much more widely supported than it used to be windows 7 was the first yeah but uh 
if you have a Linux kernel 2.6.33 or later, that's from uh, just from last month and or a year ago, I should say. You know? Who doesn't, after all? Uh, you're supported. Windows Server 2008 R2 supports it. FreeBSD yeah. supports it. Lion possibly will support it. But, you know, I didn't know this. Those new MacBook Pros have trim with 10.6.6. So yeah, uh, okay, and it, it's only, but it's only on the ones where you buy it. It's on the new oh, hardware. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now Which is the great. other That's the fine. other story of this is trim. Trim just to kind of give people the background. Trim is there's is some dubiousness about how much you need it. It's a command that it's almost like defragging the drive. What turns out that SSDs are very fast when you first get them, and then they mm -hmm. slow down somewhat as you start to fill them up with files because of the way the files are handled. Trim mm -hmm. kind of speeds it back up. It cleans it back up and speeds it back up. But I had a, it was interesting, at CES, two Intel guys, the guys responsible for the X25 came up to me. We were talking. One of them said, oh, trim's important. One of them said, nah, it's not that important. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. and so the real answer is, yes, there is, without trim, there's some degradation. But these things are still so much faster than a regular spinning drive right. that trim is not absolutely required. Not, I will not say this. I mean, uh, you know, Windows has this stupid performance scoring uh, mechanism that is almost pointless. So uh, there's a big speed bump that you can see there, but not that that means anything. Um, I, I, I have personally installed Windows hundreds of times, Windows 7. Um, I, I can tell you, and I, you know, I just did the performance benchmarking as part of my signature PC study group and all that stuff. Um, the non-interactive parts of Windows setup meaning the parts where you're not sitting there at the keyboard typing in your username or whatever information. With a SSD, and this is true of both uh, the desktop and, and a fairly low-end laptop, meaning, you know, Core 2 Duo, nothing nothing great. Uh, seven minutes. Yeah, that's uh, to amazing. Windows Isn't that amazing? Oh, my you know, God. It, yeah. It's unbelievable. And, and, I mean, down from like two hours. Yeah, and it's the type of thing, and, and, and not kidding, you know, you... You kind of get it going over here, and then you turn around. And you're like, "So I'm doing something." I answer an email, and you look over, and you're like, "It's done." <laughs> you know, yeah. like wow. you can't even believe that it's done. You know, you saw, it's and really I was. Neat. Everybody said, oh, "Why didn't you bring this up?" But I, you know, everybody's seen it. Uh, but last mm -hmm. week they wanted me to bring up, you know, that guy who installs every version upgrades yeah. from Windows 1.0 all the way up to Windows 7 on a single virtual sure. drive, and he slowly upgrades it. And uh, he notes the install times, and in Vista it was over two hours. But well, then Windows 7 comes out, and they were using that virtual disk. Yeah, Vista wasn't actually that bad, but yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was No, I mean, XP. in real life, it's not that bad. But yes, it's, it certainly it was slow. is slower than 7, yes. But then 7, they did this thing where it's like one, it's like blasted on, and it was so much faster. And then you add the SSD, and that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, I would say from S from a normal hard drive uh, to SSD is, is basically going from about 20 minutes down to 7. That's, that's incredible. The, yeah. And boot times... We're talking See, seconds. I'm, still, I'm actually still doing that. But again, my my desktop, it's funny. Um, I keep meaning to, I, the reason it's not, an, I wrote it, I wrote an article. And the reason I, uh, I meant for that to be part of it, uh, and it will be eventually. I, I'm going to add a third article soon. But <laughs> it boots up so fast, I forget. So, you know, I keep thinking I have to, I have to measure this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I'll be I'll back. You know, and you kind of click the button <laughs> and you forget. There. And then you turn around and it's sitting there at the login prompt. And right. you're like, really? I'll tell you, and, on, and it, uh, on OS ten on the MacBook Air, it's 15 seconds. And that's yeah. with four gigs of RAM. A lot of that time is RAM testing. So it's, I bet it's in that range. It's not, it's, seconds. it's not bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Easy. Yeah. You can't believe it's ready. I will, I'll provide figures, you know. 
I well, had to go back in my laptop and put the old drive back in because I forgot to do a couple of tests. But I already uh, decided I'm going to um, take this 128 new MacBook and and do boot camp. So I will boot native Windows or native OS 10, and I'll I'll give you some measurements. Yeah, Apple I don't think it, uses the fastest SSDs out there, but even um, a not so it, fast drive I don't makes think, a big it, difference. It I don't think yeah it yeah. I can't wait. Infallible in our chat room says Windows 7 with an SSD, he can do a shutdown and restart and be fully started in 25 seconds. Yeah, That's it's, f- it's, it's de- definitely in, in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, on my Air, if I install something I want to reboot, I don't mind rebooting. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, okay, fine. I'll see you in a few I seconds. I was actually thinking in ter- you know, with regards to SSD and the speed of the reboot and everything, um, you know, the, the non-cynical view is, wow, I mean, this thing really reboots quickly. And then the cynical view, which is, which is convenient because, you know, every time you reboot once, you have to install another auto update and then you have to reboot and then another one appears in Windows Update and then you have to reboot, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's always that aspect, but at least it's going by quickly. So I think the bottom line is uh, if, you, if you can afford an SSD or if you can just figure out a way to live with a little less storage or, you know, a workaround. Well, uh, look, like I said, SSDs are sort of expensive, but then again, um, say somewhere in the 220 range for a, uh, for a 120 gigabyte Intel X25M, whatever it is, um, this will prolong the life of a PC. You know, um, I'm, I am replacing this laptop, but there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be here for years. And there's no doubt. I, I, I went from the original drive that Lenovo put in there, which is probably a, a very basic 5400 RPM, you know, commodity piece of junk. I put in a uh, hybrid hard drive last year, which had, you know, sort of a combination SSD. Well, it's combination solid state traditional hard drive. Basically a hard drive with a lot more cash is probably what it was. Um, that made a little bit of a difference, you know. But then you go to the SSD and you realize there's no, there's just no comparison. You know, people, when I, after I mentioned that I had installed this hi- hybrid hard drive, many people wrote me and said, oh, you know, is it worth it? Does it make a difference? And the truth is I couldn't really tell a difference day to day. Yeah, I think the hybrids now, are not that good. I just didn't notice a difference. Yeah. So they come in regular capacities. You can get, like I said, 500 whatever gigabytes. It's pretty good. But when you put an SSD in there, you know, the thing boots up in seconds. Right. It's crazy. And this is a, this is a, this is, this was never a great computer. I mean, even... When it first came out, it wasn't anything other than middle of the road. That was the point of it, and uh, it is very much below middle of the road now. But it's 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 great. Yeah. It, with the SSD, it makes a big difference. Yeah. This is uh, Let's Let's in our chat room has sent me a graphic, apparently by Amco. I'm not sure why Amco <laughs> supports this. The price of a gigabyte over time. Actually, this is Fox 40 uh, in his area. Well, but this is very generic because what's the price of a gigabyte of hard drive storage SSD versus HD? I mean HDD. It's uh, it's twice as much or maybe three times as much, but it's still cheap. It's still cheap. In yeah. 1981, a gigabyte was $300,000 and $87,50,000. In 1990, well, $10,094, $1,097. This is a gigabyte, $100 a gigabyte in 97, then $10 a gigabyte in 2000, $1, 2004. Last year, $0.10 cents a gigabyte. So so what if it's $0.30 cents a gigabyte for an SSD? It really is still Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the trick... The trade-off is you, you, you know, you're down in capacity. That, yeah. yeah. And I, as I said, hey, come on. You remember when you'd get a two-gigabyte drive with your Windows machine and you'd have to partition it because Windows couldn't <laughs> handle more than a gig? That wasn't that long ago. Hey, my first hard drive, if I'm 
my first PC hard drive, actually, because I, I had a hard drive on an Apple II GS, if you can believe that. But my, my first piece, actually, the drive I'm describing was on an Amiga, but the Amiga hard drive was 20 megabytes. And it was a smaller style. It was like the size of a PC MCIA card slide kind of thing. It was, I don't know what the point of it was, but, you know, 20 megabytes. Oh, yeah. 20 I mean, was I a have, lot. I remember when uh, I got you, those first Seagate MFM 20 yeah. megs, I was going, whoa. Well, I mean, but there are Pink Floyd songs that would not fit on this disc. <laughs> I know, I know You know now. what I'm saying? Right? I take like pictures a, like, bigger than that. Yeah. Literally, uh, in yeah, my camera. A, a, a picture. One picture, 21 megs. Sure. And this was my initial reluctance with MP3. I remember a friend of mine from Phoenix was very heavily into MP3 when it first was a big deal. And, and by this, I mean 1996, 97, somewhere in that time frame. And when you looked at the capacity of the drives you had and you looked at the size of these files, whatever they might have been at the time, you know, 128K MP3 file, like three megabytes or something or one point something megabyte. You know, it was like, what, I don't I don't get this. What I'm going to have five albums on my hard drive and it's going to be full. Like, why would I do this? You know, why? what would I don't understand the point of it? You know, you know, um, I, I can I can I can best you on that one because i remember uh talking my boss i had a north star advantage which was a cpm computer at work it was nice yeah it was s100 this is before the pc came out uh, did you use pip <laughs> yeah use pip to copy you didn't c-o-p-y you pipped you pipped and uh and uh i wanted a hard drive because i wanted to put a c compiler on it and i got him i think it cost two or three thousand dollars to buy a five megabyte Oh, but what was that model? Remember, these discs had to be... Jerry Pernelli used to write about this all the time. There was a very specific brand. It was Winchester Winchester. They were called Winchesters. Right? Because this they is what were, IBM used or something? Yep, they, and they were... You, could, you yep. could shoot a bullet through it. Or, yep, you know. Winchester drives. And, uh, and so this was an S100 bus computer running CPM and a 5 megabyte drive. I mean, I was living large. But then I got the C compiler. Uh, it was Whitestone C and you had to... Right. bootstrap it it would give you the little compiler and then you had to build all the libraries and and it practically filled up the drive <laughs> it wasn't very practical <laughs> that's but amazing man, those These devices the never took off you know oh were those the d I, I just and of course i couldn't have bought it myself so i managed to talk work into it um <laughs> and funny. it was just great oh boy that was the uh, the, the days of the s100 bus machines uh yeah. that was mm. above my price range there was no way i was ever getting oh, a machine no. like yeah, yeah. it was beautiful the north star was uh, the advantage was uh, really hot because it had vector graphics and so uh, it was it was a green you know it was green on black it wasn't a color screen or anything but it had yeah. vector graphics and i designed in dbase 2 a designed the reason i got the whole thing was i was yeah. a music director a pie chart with actual round uh, yeah so that the boss who was picking music based on um a variety of factors i designed a database system that would show him the graphs of the hot song so he could very quickly get a dashboard of how the song was doing and saying yeah pick that pick that pick that he never used it but i loved writing it <laughs> it was fun to write it i know you're an old d-base programmer so i had to throw that <laughs> yeah. in huge d-base fan oh who it, doesn't love d-base it sort of it, it sort of peaked at d-base three plus and then it kind of you know fell off a cliff after that but ashton tate sure we're gonna get to uh, our next item uh, some good news, uh, actually, for IE9 users. Did you see the Microsoft site stop using IE6? Yes. Cracked me up. We'll talk about that in a lot. Those guys are doing everything they can. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's actually a funny site. We'll talk about it in just a second. Before yeah. we do, though, I do want to mention our friends 
at Citrix. If you uh, love this kind of conversation, you're probably an IT professional by this time. <laughs> Certainly, you're the kind of person your friends and family call on for support. If you're doing support, remote support, you need a tool. This is the tool. You absolutely. This is the one you want to use. This is the one I use. It's incredible. It's called Go to Assist Express. You know Citrix. I mean, they've been around for a long time with the best remote access stuff out there. This is their remote access software tuned for the support professional. So there's a couple of features they've built in. It makes it it's secure, of course, 128-bit SSL all the time. Uh, so you don't have to worry about security. But also, more importantly, it's easy for your customer uh, or your grandma to use. Uh, you simply send them a link. They don't have to have it installed ahead of time. They click the link. They have to answer the little Java box that says yes, allow, and they're, and it's done. And really, a minute later, if grandma has broadband 30 seconds later, you're in and you can control your system. If she gives you permission, you can do it when she's not there, which is great, unattended support. You could do eight sessions at once. That means you start an install on one, a scan on another, uh, an update on a third, and, and you can move on. It makes you much more efficient. Uh, if It is simply the easiest way to view and control another re computer remotely. Very affordable. They do have day passes for the occasional support person, but this is really designed for the pro, the software IT guy, who really has to do a lot of support. Uh, don't spend any more time on the phone. Just get GoToAssistExpress. Try it free, in fact, for 30 days. Go to GoToAssist.com slash Windows, and you can try it free. There is 24-7 support for you, the pro, uh, so that you could support your customers better. Go to assist.com slash windows. Do try it free for 30 days. At least do that. And what, what have you got to lose? So uh, IE9, it's, it's, yes. we, we have a day. <laughs> it's Yay. earlier than I thought it was going to be, too. Yeah, me too. So Because, you know, they have this developer show called Mix. And last year was the event at which they released the first platform preview for developers. So a year I ago. Mix, but let's see, the thing is, last year, Mix was in March. Oh. And this year, it's in April. Right. So actually, they're releasing the final version of IE9 one year after the first pre-release version. So well done. I guess there's some symmetry there. Well done. You're actually, we're going to be in Vegas the same day. Because we're doing uh, the NAB, National Association of Broadcasters. Interesting. So we're hoping you'll come over and visit us. In fact, I think we can do Windows Weekly from Well, what, Vegas. What, you, what day are we talking about here? I don't know. You're asking me a question like that? <laughs> That's what I have. You mean it's the same uh, day as Mix? Yeah. I, I was okay. Yeah, I was I'll be there. That. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to get you a pass to NAB, National okay. Association of Broadcasters. Not of great interest to you, but I think... I mean, there's I cool stuff. It, it's fun, yeah. actually. There's really cool yeah. stuff. We're going to be we're the official podcast of it. And uh, I'd like to do Windows Weekly from the show floor if we can. Yep. Same place okay. uh, we were at at CES last year and this year. I remember it well. March 14th. Wait a minute. So they're releasing it before Mix. Right. I just got that. <laughs> took me a little while to get. Let's step back. Leo, on March 14th, which is a month earlier than I thought. That's You thought they'd do it mixed this year, but they're going to do it. It seemed to make sense, right? Wow. So they're actually releasing it. They're going to have four a four days, minutes. Paul. That's just uh, soon. It's it's happening it's at South by Southwest. So actually, oh, wow. the launch event will be occurring at that event. That's something you could attend. How exciting would that be to go to a browser launch event? Um. I'll go, but my question is, 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 is the uh, IE girl going to be there? Because if she's there... No! No! <laughs> I, it makes me want to switch browsers. 
I, can I feel the funny chrome, in my chrome, pants, the Paul. Guy, the Chrome guy is like a 400-pound, you know, bearded gentleman. <laughs> yeah, he is. Although, did you see that Chrome was the only browser not to be hacked? I did. At Pwned Own. I did. Yeah. I would point out that Safari fell first and easily. As always. Yeah. As every time. Charlie Miller, who said, uh, uh, who's hacked it every time in one big box. I mean, I think it's like $15,000 and, and a MacBook. Sure. Uh, when told, Chrome on it. When, yeah, really? <laughs> when told. <laughs> First thing he did. Well, it doesn't matter because Safari's on there anyway, so it's always a vulnerability, I guess. But anyway, he was when told that Apple had sent out two big patches in the last two days uh, to he fix just Safari. laughed and laughed. He laughed. I guess he was right. Now, sure. not that many people attacked Chrome. They couldn't actually get anybody to attack Chrome. Even though Google was offering uh, yeah, extra, extra $20,000. Yeah. Um, yep. It's it's interesting that they didn't they didn't try to attack it. This is a they part should of, have done a, a an attempt to attack IE nine release candidate. I, I I'd be curious to see if that was as easy. Yeah, they they uh, did yesterday get Safari and IE as you said Safari first. Uh, actually, it wasn't Charlie Miller though. It was a team from a French security company, Vupin, mm-hmm. uh, got Safari five in five seconds. Right, and then Stephen Fewer. Uh, used a trio of vulnerabilities to hack IE8 on Windows 7. He used three vulnerabilities to not only bypass ASLR and DEP, yep. but he also got around protected mode. I mean, that's pretty good. Well, yeah, so to be fair, though, the Safari hack was actually very similar and bypassed similar mechanisms in Mac OS X. So, um, it just shows you, you can have, ASLR yeah. is that address space layout yeah. randomization yep. that yep. tries to you know make it hard for the hacker to figure out where he's sticking the code uh, data it's, execution prevention it's better than not having it apparently not perfect not much better yeah uh boy that's impressive uh these guys you know and it more tells me how good these guys are than uh how how risky it is to break in you know these software is right um mozilla's firefox and the smartphones are uh up for today <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And I wish they had uh wish they had tried not IE9. I've been curious. Yeah, I mean given how quickly it's or you know how soon it's coming out, it seems like they should. Well, anyway, it's I, probably, I, I, I security wise, uh, it may not be too well, different. You use IE9 or do you use Chrome or do you use both? You I mean? use both and I would say Chrome is my primary. Me too. I love Chrome. Browser. Actually, I should just say that. Let's look it up. Oh, because you uh, could just go to Wakupa <laughs> or something, right? But I'm pretty sure it's going to, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I'll, let's see what it says. What does your Wakupa tracker say? It's moving slowly. Please wait. Where, meanwhile, another look at IE Girl. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Oh, man, uh, what happened? My browser switched. <laughs> oh, rats. I lost IE Girl. I don't know where that is. You know, it, it's from. interesting because uh, Wakupa actually breaks out these web apps now. You know, so it, you know, for example, Gmail is my number one used app. Now that happens to be running in uh, Chrome. It's it's a, you know, a pinned app. Google Calendar is in there. Facebook. Uh, yeah, I just go, like it. Go. It's fast. It's and now we know it's it's secure. Well, it's somewhat. You know, the fact it's proving a negative. The fact that it wasn't hacked doesn't mean it's secure. Right. But the fact that Safari was hacked in five seconds pretty much says uh, says it all. <laughs> Interestingly, o- over time, Firefox is still above Chrome and IE because I used it for so long, for so many right. years. 
And you get used to um, the extensions. You get tied to the extensions. Yeah. I mean, I used Firefox from day one, so I, I was on there for a long, long time. Right. Chrome is above IE, though. So, I mean, I that's wow. interesting. O- over time, you know. So, I, yeah, I don't know what to I'm gonna derive my, from I'm going to look at my Wakupa. It's got to be Chrome. I use Chrome on every platform all the time. Yeah, it's one of the first. And I install it very quickly, and it, it has that awesome syncing capability where you all your settings and, and bookmarks and all the, you know, the add-ins and everything go from machine to machine. I love that, you right. know, and it works. That stuff works really well. It does. Passwords now, too. Yeah. But you think IE9 is worth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, it's, there's no doubt about it. I, I, this, this is a big step up for IE. Um, worth taking I, a look just, at. Yeah. And, and Microsoft has kind of gone kicking and screaming into the standards compliance stuff. They're doing a much better job with that. Hardware acceleration stuff is excellent. I, I like the Windows 7 integration features. I think it's kind of a maybe a first step in that direction. I, I suspect with Windows 8, we'll see more of that stuff occurring. But for now, it's kind of an interesting peek at uh, ways you can integrate web apps with traditional native apps. So I, I think IE9 is fantastic. I think it, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's good enough to replace Chrome on my own computer, but I would also point out I'm not exactly a, a normal user. And for those people who are using IE, um, it's a big step up. Will yeah. uh, Microsoft push it um, uh, on Monday as an update? It won't be a critical update. No, 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 no. No, they won't do that right away. That, that's the type of thing they'll phase in over time. It will be an optional update eventually, and they won't do that right away. My top five software... Let's see here. I actually, I wish there was a view where I could just see the browser instead of the other stuff. Yeah, I have to look through all. Of, I don't even see a browser, oddly enough, in the top five. That's weird. I think I think once you tell it it's okay to track web apps, uh, it puts them in. You know, I see Twitter. I see Google Docs for this week. I guess I was testing. Oh, because I was using the, the Google uh, add-in for Word. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll give you those stats later, but meanwhile, I don't want to, <laughs> yes. I don't want to sidetrack the show too much. Um, I, I almost hate to do this. How's that? Uh, how's that Windows Phone Seven update going for you? Uh, Leo, it's going great. <laughs> Did you get the pre-update I, update? <laughs> no, no, I have not. Oh, yeah, actually, uh, speaking of things I can look up on the web that may be of interest, um, I run a little blog called uh, Windows Phone Secrets. And um, it's it's free, <laughs> you know. I don't have ads or anything. I, right. I do it free. I do it purely as a a way to support the book and to help people who have the phone. And and it's some. I'm an enthusiast. I mean, I'm just that's the way you know. That's what I do. And um, you know, it's the, the 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 blog is not a big deal like the super site. You know, it's not millions of page views or anything like that. But uh, it's my my little corner of the world where I, I write about the phone. But um, I wrote a post yesterday. I would say I average about 5,000 page views a day over time. You know, that's kind of how it works out. And every once in a while, there'll be a big thing. But I wrote this um, post about my disappointment and the update process for Windows Phone. And it's over 30,000 page views. You know, so it's, it's, it's a big deal in the context of this blog. And it's sad because... Um, I, I feel very strongly that Windows Phone is the superior platform. Um, 
and I mean very specifically, we're talking just about the phone itself. You know, the the device, the hardware, and the software. You know, the innovative uh, hubs and live tile stuff. All this, I love it. it. It's fantastic. But part of the implicit and actually, I would say, explicit promise of this platform is that Microsoft needed to ship it very quickly to get into the market, which is completely understandable. It shipped in an incomplete and in somewhat buggy state when it came out in October, November last year. Completely understandable. But they were going to update this thing yeah. over time with new features. Which yeah, is in January. Per, per, yeah. Perfectly acceptable. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. That's That uh, January update with cut and paste, that'll be great. Yeah, that will be great. Yep. But it doesn't come until late this month at the very earliest. So the problem is, uh, you know, the, the, what's dumb about all this is whenever that first update does appear, uh, if it's late March or later, who knows, um, this thing was completed in December and has been held up from a variety of factors now, but originally a, a number of the carriers, wireless carriers, blocked it. And this was that thing that we talked about so many months ago where at the reviewer's workshop the day after the launch, they they kind of casually threw out this information like, oh, by the way, you know, and carriers can block the updates and they wanted to move on. And I said, blah, 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 huh? this is not what you guys said when you launched, when you announced this product. This is not what you said. And um, you could sense the the problem, right? That this was going to be bad, you know, mm -hmm. that this was going to, and oh, no, 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 they want to work with us. They understand the value to customers, blah, blah. You don't understand. They've changed, you know. And I, I, I of course, I was like, you don't, I don't think you understand how the carriers work. These people are the Antichrist, you know, like they, <laughs> and they, they are. Don't, they do not care about human beings or no. people or customers. They, they, they want you to upgrade to a new phone as soon as possible to get more money out of you. They don't want to continually support something you already bought. That that's not their business model, you know. And it seems to me in the post iPhone world, you you have to look at what the iPhone did, and you have to emulate the things they did right. And one of, one of the key things that Apple did right was they took the control for updating the platform out of the hands of the carriers, and this has proven to be the greatest thing in the world. Now, some months ago, month maybe a month or two ago, I, I had a blog post where I compared the first three or four months of Windows Phone's life time with the first three or four months of the iPhone. And I showed how Apple continually released software updates for that platform, improving the functionality of the device and also fixing bugs, of course. Not just releasing things, but also being pretty damn transparent about what their plans were. Apple has a, for such an insular company where they don't allow any employees to blog or do anything like that, this company has proven to be very uh, proactive about communicating to their customers what their plans are. This isn't just the next release, but here's the one after that. They talk about stuff pretty well in advance. It's pretty impressive. And then we have Microsoft, who in that same time period released absolutely nothing. So, you know, this week I looked at, like, what Apple has released as updates for the iPhone only since Windows Phone hit the market. They've released five updates, Leo, five. The most recent of which came out yesterday or two days ago now. You know, with the AirPlay stuff, better Safari performance, iTunes home sharing, all kinds of other features, and, of course, lots of bug fixes. So, meanwhile, Windows Phone has this thing where you can only connect to your primary calendar. You can't search just for apps in the store. You can't filter your contacts and have favorites. You can't have your tasks. You can't connect to Windows Live SkyDrive and, uh, you know, access Office web apps and that storage, you know, through the Office apps. On and on and on. All these, like, things that, you know, this thing shipped as an incomplete product with bugs, by the way. And it's just sitting there. Like, it's, 
you know, and I know people are saying, look, in the scheme of things, two years from now, you're not going to care. It's been four or five months, whatever. Too late. Two years from now. What's, it's, what's it's the big over. deal? Yeah, and that's my argument is like two years from now. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> two years from now, the Windows it's phone won't be part of the conversation. I, yeah. My argument is very simple here. If you're going to, when, when you release a new platform and you're going to ship it quickly to market and not have as much stuff as the competition, you, you have to. It is a requirement that you update this thing regularly, especially that first year when you have zero customers to inconvenience. And the people That's true. Who are, That's actually a good point. Think about it. And the people who are those customers, the, the actual small number of customers you do have, are your most enthusiastic right. They're the most early tolerant. adopters yeah. and will put up with garbage. Right. Like when you come out six months down the road and there's some update and it's like, by the way, you're going to have to hard reset your phone. We're really sorry about that. People are going to grumble, but you know what? These people love living on the leading edge. They don't care. Like to do what they're doing now is laughable. And I would also point out, by the way, that there are probably what? Two million Windows phone users in the world, maybe, you know, supposedly. Every single month on the second Tuesday of the month, Microsoft on a regular schedule ships a bunch of security updates for a market that exceeds 1.2 billion devices. Wow. Every single month. We almost never have any problems. There, I mean, so, yes, sometimes there are problems. I mean, God knows uh, the PC universe is so much more diverse, you know, with all the different device types and all the components you can have. And so, yes, sometimes there are problems. But how is it they cannot handle? Wh how, why is it that they're not doing this for Windows Phone? Why is it that a tu the second Tuesday of the month comes and there isn't an update every single month for Windows Phone? God knows we need them. And it, it's getting to the point where I just don't get it. I, 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 I mean, it's, I don't, there are no words anymore. Like at first it was just kind of embarrassing. It was stupid. It's like the seven stages of grief or whatever. I don't know, but it's, it's silly. Oh, you've it's found just, some words, Paul. You have found <laughs> I guess, yeah, some way to speak of it. Somebody said I was furious over yeah, this. Yes, furious. I, that's a good word. <laughs> I, I get that Livid. I'm a broken record, as I wrote. You know, I, I, I get that. I, I know. I, this is the same complaint again and again and but again. But it's right? kind of, I understand your, your frustration because it's almost incomprehensible. It's like, don't you, don't you guys understand? It's tough for me because I have people I consider to be friends, you know, in the Windows Phone team specifically. Um, I have people I consider to be friends in the PR department, uh, the, the part of their PR company that's responsible. Well, what do for they this? say? Nothing. <laughs> they, nothing. There is a, a cone of silence. You know, I've had certain people reach out to me and say, you know, we'd like to, you know, keep communication open, yada, yada, yada. Uh, here, here's a little factoid for you. This, this might stun you. Um, this update, this first update, which is codenamed uh, No Donuts or No Dough, no includes uh, three features that I know of, right? Um, those features are cut and paste, a limited version of cut and paste. It only works in text boxes, but cut and paste, basic cut and paste, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, better granular or more granular uh, searching of the marketplace. Needs meaning, that badly. Right. You search for something like whatever the app name is, and it doesn't come up with song titles and artist right. names. You can say, look, I just want apps. Okay. Yep. Needed. That, and, nice. and easy to implement. That's easy. I would think so. I, it sounds like the type of thing you could ship on its own <laughs> uh, as far as I'm concerned, but, yeah. you know, whatever. And then the third thing is better application performance, especially around launching and eventually as multitasking with third-party apps appears in, a, in another release, uh, that will become even more important because part of the application performance is not just launching an app, but bringing it back, you know, the, when you, uh, come, you know, go to one app and then come back to the last one you were at. So those are the three features we know 
because Microsoft has said them publicly and may in fact be the only three features. But I can tell you right now, I have no idea because Microsoft has never reached out to me to say, as they do for all their other desktop and server products, we would like to brief you about this upcoming product so that you can write about it when it's released. Like they have never, despite the fact I wrote Windows 7, Phone 7 Secrets. Um, I, Ten, yeah, I'm you'd sort, be the sort person of person that uh, we'd tell. It seems like maybe I would be the guy. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the only guy or even uh, the most but, important uh, guy, but I, I, I clearly yeah. have something of a voice in this yeah. community. Yeah, people are looking and to you. They have never once asked me to 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 provide information about whatever this update is. Mm. And, I, and based on my previous experience with these people, I can assure you that the way it's going to happen is it will just come out, and right. then I will get an email saying, "Oh, by the way, here's the blog post we wrote." About the release that just came out. Didn't, didn't we tell it's, you? It's 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 <laughs> you, it's irresponsible. Did you get the message? <laughs> it's just irresponsible. I mean, I, look, I'm I'm trying to help. I'm here to help. I'm not. And again, I don't mean to. I'm not special. I don't mean to position myself as somebody that you have to keep in the loop or whatever. But I, I think anyone looking at this logically would say, like, well, you know, why wouldn't you keep them in the loop? <laughs> like, why? I mean, you know, I'm here. I'm trying. You right. know. So I can only take so much of this, I guess is my point. I don't mean that in a threatening way, but I mean, eventually I just give up. I, it's not that I will work actively against you. I just, at some point it becomes, I, I you know, you've jumped the shark. I don't get it. You know, you're not, you're not doing the minimum. You're not even doing close to the minimum. And it's, it's embarrassing. Um, you know, when I went to write a news story about this, uh, I, I blogged about this yesterday. Uh, you know, yesterday being Wednesday of this week, you know, because we record on Thursday. I, I waited until Thursday morning to write a news story about it because I'm thinking 24 hours is going to go by. You know, they were supposed to release uh, Nodo this week, by the way, on Monday. Uh, I'm thinking and they didn't, you know, so Tuesday came and went and then Wednesday came and I said, well, now I'm going to write about it because this update's not appearing. The, the pre-update hasn't appeared, let alone the, the first real update. And I, I'm like, I'll give them another 24 hours. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to, I mean, they have to address this publicly at some point. You know, it's been all week. It's thir now it's Thursday. They still haven't. They still haven't. They, they have not publicly acknowledged this in any way, shape, or form. I don't know what they're doing. I, I, I know that there are hundreds of people that work on this stuff at Microsoft. It's unclear to me how, and they have a, a PR team, both internally and in a, in a, a separate company. Paul, they're having meetings. They're <laughs> I don't having know what they're doing. meetings. Give them a break. They'll get out of this meeting in the next few months. And so I'm, I, I guess, look, I'm just tired of criticizing it. It's getting, it's old for me too. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to write good things about this product. I love it. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, seriously. I, I mean, what, like, hello. I, 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 what, what more do I need to do? Your frustration is palpable, my friend. I hope so. Because I think this is stupid. Yeah. It's too bad. It's unfortunate. It's not, it's. Do you think the public necessary. though, does the public aware of this? So I had a friend, uh, no, they're not aware of it, but that's why I think bringing awareness uh, to this issue is important. Well, maybe you know, that's the uh, attitude of Microsoft is let's just not, uh, not mention it. Yeah, let's not mention that we shipped a buggy and incomplete product in October. And let's, you know, let's get on stage in January and then again in Mar March or February, I can't remember, February at World Mobile World Congress and claim that we, you know, are moving at not just an acceptable speed, but that a f at a faster than ever speed. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This isn't just clueless. It's like criminally clueless. I, I, it's, it is the type of history rewriting that I often criticize Apple for doing. It's not right no matter who does it. It's insane. This is like crazy person time. Like, 
this is it, it makes no sense at all. So anyway, I don't know. You know, again, I'm, I'm beating it to death. I, I don't know what else to do. I'm just uh, I'm trying here. But and I just want to reiterate because so a lot of people take this stuff the wrong way. I love Windows Phone. That's the point. If I if this wasn't interesting, if this was nothing, if it was, um, you know, not worth discussing, I just wouldn't even mention it. Who would care? It would just be the butt of a joke, just like the Kin or the Zoom or whatever else you want to mention. But the truth is, I think this thing is important. I think it's great. I think it deserves more respect. And I think that Microsoft needs to make it a priority. And they clearly are not doing that. Yeah. You just, when you, the way you said that, it reminded me of Joan Jett. Maybe they should hire Joan Jett. Joan Jett, really. And, yeah, and <laughs> well, she I, could do, I love Windows Phone. Put another upgrade in the jukebox, baby. I. Windows, uh, Joan Jett, what? I don't know. Never mind. I just, I'm, I'm, it was no, just no, a I, thought. I, it was a thought. It wasn't. I wasn't. I, listen, you won't find a bigger Joan Jett fan <laughs> than me. I'm just curious how you arrived at that. I just like the way it just kind of scanned. I love Windows Phone. Oh. Get it? It's Wow. Scans. I hope somebody makes a mixtape of that. Yeah. <laughs> or how about. Um, Jeez. I know it's only Windows Phone, but I like it. No, just I'm gonna. I'm just gonna fall asleep. <laughs> I don't actually. I, I'm not like a. I'm not a. I'm not a violent. They can get person, Billy Joel. So. It's just Windows Phone to me. No? Jeez. Jeez. Let me do an ad. Why don't you take a break, Paul? I think you need it. I'm just gonna get that blood pressure down. <laughs> I don't actually. Uh, blood pressure is not an issue. It, it's um. I just don't, I mean, don't people there care about this stuff as much don't as I do? Don't people care? No, I mean, I, don't you think they would? I mean, no, I just would, should. Wouldn't, it, you, wouldn't it usually be the case that the people there care more than anyone else? They should. You know, um, you know no. when I had the same kind of issues with some of the things that uh, Apple's been up to, people told yeah. me, oh, no, there's certainly, we don't know, but there's certainly good business reasons for the way they're running their operation. I'm dying to hear those excuses for this. Listen, uh, when when the iPhone and Android take off in the marketplace, everyone wins, Leo. Everyone, <laughs> everyone wins. Is it Steve Ballmer's fault? I mean, ultimately, isn't it? The buck stops of course, here. Uh, of course it is. It's either him or Harry Truman. And Harry's not with us anymore. I Listen, I, I've been pretty ambivalent about Steve Ballmer and then, you know, various people have been calling for his ouster and all that stuff. And I, I, I don't really, I can't say that I have a huge opinion on that, but because who knows how Microsoft is run internally. I mean, I, I don't know and I don't have any good advice or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, of course, this is res his responsibility. Yes. Paul, I'm just going to give you this box of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Kleenex tissues. Yeah, you just take one right there. There's one right there for you. Uh, you just, just yeah, uh, just have a little, a little cry, crying jag, a little time, and uh, and we'll be Nobody back. Gets me. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I want to tell everybody about Carbonite.com. Backup done, right? Actually, a great way if you wanted to say move all your data over to a SSD, for instance, uh, log on to Carbonite.com, back up the data on your existing system, uh, move everything over. Or, or re actually, what I would do is take out the old drive, install Windows 7 on the new SSD, and then log into your Carbonite account, restore, and bingo, you're done. Carbonite is backup done right. First of all, it's not sitting next to your computer. Now, it's fine to do that, and I have backups right next to my computer. But remember, if there's you know a disaster, fire, or flood, or an earthquake, or whatever, you're going to lose everything. Somebody steals your stuff, they're going to steal your backups. So 
It's a good idea to have off-site backup. Good idea. It's a necessity. It also is a necessity that your backup be automatic because, frankly, if you have to remember to do it, you won't, and you'll get caught with your pants down metaphorically. So what I would suggest, I would suggest Carbonite. Carbonite's off-site backup. It's automatic. You back up all your data to the cloud using your internet connection, using 128-bit SSL, so it's private. You can even encrypt further if you wish. They have strong encryption built in. Uh, you can get your data anytime. You don't have to wait for disaster. In fact, you can log into your Carbonite account anywhere you are. Windows, Mac, doesn't matter. They even have uh, Android, iPhone, BlackBerry apps. They're free. You just log in, and there's your data. So it's also cloud storage, whether you need you know a disaster recovery or not. And boy, for 55 bucks a year for all the data on your internal drive, that's a great, great deal. Less than 15 cents a day. I want you to try it for two weeks. Go to Carbonite.com. The offer code is Windows. I would love it if you, for all of our advertisers, if you make sure you use Windows and not Twit or some other designation, just so that we know that it was Paul Therott who sent you. So Windows is the offer code for this. You can try it free for 15 days. The trial is limited in a couple of uh, ways that the full version is not. For instance, I think video is not backed up. Uh, but you can in the full version. And I do want you to try it first because it is dependent on your Internet connection. And, you know, to be honest, if your connection is really slow, it may not be a great solution for you. But if you have, you know, a decent connection and your data is not terabytes and terabytes, this is, there's nothing better. More affordable, more effective, more convenient, and more reliable. Carbonite.com, offer code Windows for Windows or Mac. Give it a try today. 15 weeks free. Oh, and by the way, if you use Windows when you buy after the trial, 15 days free. If you use the uh, Windows after the trial, you get a two months additional to your 12-month subscription. So 14 months for the price of 12. Carbonite.com. Offer code Windows. <sighs> so now we're going to make this a, uh, a regular feature on Windows Weekly. Lies Steve Jobs told me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I support that. <laughs> Lies is maybe too strong. And I'm going to add another segment called Lies that David Polk then just simply reprinted. Repeated. Such as, uh, as Apple has claimed over and over again, the iPad being the fastest selling uh, consumer yeah. electronics product in history. You know, Not what, so. you know what's bizarre about that to me is um, they made this claim. Uh, actually, someone else made this claim first. Apple uh, kind of picked up on it. And at, in January at, at CES, Microsoft said, actually, the Kinect for the Xbox 360 is the fastest selling consumer electronics product in history. And here are the numbers and here's why. And uh, I thought that kind of settled it. But then if you notice during that iPod, iPad 2 event last week, Steve Jobs said it. He just came out and said it. Yeah. The iPad is the fastest selling consumer electronics device in history. And I thought that's that's already been proven not to be true. Why would you say in that? In fact, recently. Yeah. It was very curious. You know, I mean, I, and again, you know, when you, when you talk but about you history. But you could say over uh, its nine-month period. Or, I mean, you know, you can always fudge the stats. If you I said, so, for instance, yeah. it's, the, it's the fastest selling consumer electronics product uh, for its first nine months in history, that would be true because the yeah. Connect's only been out a few months. So, and, and I would also point out that um, there's no doubt that when the iPad 2 comes out, they'll probably break this record anyway. But anyway, Guinness World Records has certified that um, the Connect is, in fact, the fastest selling consumer electronics pr uh, product in history. Wow. Uh, beating both the iPad and the iPhone. So, so take that, jerks. No, but, uh, you know, like I said, I, this is a temporary thing anyway because 
I think the iPad two is probably going to go gangbusters. You know, we we've, I think we've passed the point of sanity on that one. So <laughs> I'm buying one. Well, are even, you buying even one? The connect. Uh, yes, of course. Of course you are. <laughs> you know, even the connect, uh, I've been struggling with whether or not I, I should write this article, but I, it's very clear to me now that the connect for all of the talking up that Microsoft does about it, including this very announcement, you know, very exciting news, right? Fast selling is great. And it's going to prolong the lifetime of the 360 by three or four months or whatever. That's, that's neat. But I, I, don't, I, I really feel that this thing suffers from the same long-term issues as the Wii, which is that, you know, people buy it. They get very excited right. about it for right. a week, and then it kind of sits there. And it's cooler than the Wii. I love dance, uh, whatever the dance game was. Yeah, okay. But you're but right. I same, haven't played it lately. You know, you're right. It's an evolution of the Wii. It's, it's, it's the next thing, you know. So as you would expect of something that follows another product, it should be better, and it is better, but it's the same usage, you know, it's the same thing, which is a lot of excitement up front, and I would say for the for the Wii over the years, the thing sits there in the corner, nobody uses it, and then, you know, maybe some cousins come to visit for a couple of days, or right. something like that, and they, they trot it out for a little while, and then it goes away again, you know, and you know and, what it really is? A technology demo. Yeah, and and the Kinect suffers from the same problem, Yeah, and I, and I really do feel it's a problem, because a, I think the market for Connect, as it stands today, is actually even smaller than that for the Wii because it's so much more expensive. Right. You know, you have to have, buy a 360 console. You have to have this thing. It's very specific. You know, uh, you need a big room for this thing to work effectively. It has to be mounted in a certain way or placed in a certain location. You know, I have to move it has furniture to be well in my lit. living room to use it. Right. So yeah. that's not the type of thing you're going to cart out a lot. Yeah. You know. And I've just, you know, again, in my own experience with my own kids who love stuff, you know, love technology, love devices, are on their little netbooks all the time doing stuff. Um, they don't, they, they haven't touched the thing in months. Haven't touched it. My wife uses it as she did previously on the Wii to uh, do some of the exercise stuff. Right. And, and regularly. So it's actually being used, you know. I also find it humorous, by the way, when you turn on the Xbox 360 that it's up there on the wall and it, you could hear it, you know, it comes on, it makes a little whirring sound, it turns, and I always think, like, it's looking at me. <laughs> you know, like, it turned its little head, and it's looking at me. It's like wall. I'm watching TV, and it's watching me. You can see it, like, zooming, you know, the little things zooming in. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, we, we don't need, this is just a new feature, and uh, every week, lies Steve Jobs told me. I'll get a little... <laughs> Bumper music sure. and a graphic. I, by the way, I saw an article. I should have blogged about this. It was an article called 10 Things You Don't Know About Steve Jobs. Oh. Hey. You'll love this because you know a lot about Steve Jobs. I do. do you, know what one of the, you know what one of the things was? What? He wrote Breakout. <laughs> That's a lie. It is a lie. <laughs> so I read it, I read it thinking, well, he'll, cre you know, clearly in the description of this. Right. No, Steve tells that right. lie, actually. Waz wrote it and Steve stole it. Stole it and then claimed he was giving him half. Right. And he gave him like a quarter. Right. And Waz is such a forgiving guy. Yeah. You know, Waz is such a sweetie and cares so little about money that he just kind of lets it ro rolled off his back. But everybody else was like, <laughs> are you kidding? Me? Yeah. yeah. That's all. And this was before. Know. This was before Apple. This right. was in the very earliest days of their relationship. Yep. It's a history. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, we I uh, Steve, <laughs> like a lot of uh, really great men, is flawed. Sure, uh, but right, I think right. you can't deny that he's done great things. But he's, but like many great men, he is um, 
Slightly flawed. I, I, okay, and and I don't know if we ever talked about this. You wouldn't but want it, him for a friend. I'm, I promise you this. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But I, I think that to be as good as he is at whatever he's good at, whether right. it's uh, he's design ruthless. or yeah. marketing or what, selling products, whatever it is, yep. um, you have to be deeply flawed at everything else in life because how, how else could you possibly be that good? I mean, I right. when I was a kid, I used to go to uh, a Casey Jones basketball camp. At the time, Casey Jones was, when I started going, Casey Jones was the assistant coach, former Celtics player himself. He was the assistant coach of the team, and then he became the coach. But the year that Larry Bird signed with the team, uh, he was still the assistant wow. coach. So I would go to Casey Jones' camp, and that first year that Larry Bird was on the team, he came to the camp. They always oh, had a couple wow. of Celtics cool. players, and it was always really impressive. you know. And of course, as a kid, I mean, I idolized this oh, man. Yeah. So he was shooting around at a basket, and um, we were all sitting in a half circle out in the three-point arc or whatever, and I was the last kid in the line. And so he took a shot, it bounced off the rim, and it went over to my side, and he tripped over me. And he swore at me like a sailor. Now, this would have been 19... How old were you? Well, I would have been like 13, 14 oh years old. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Right. So I got up with my little Polaroid camera with the little cube, you know, flash thing on the top, and I kind of walked out really depressed about that. Oh and um, but But it's... It's a life lesson because a guy like Larry Bird, who is one of the best basketball players that's ever lived, turns out is not a great guy and is not good at almost anything else in life. Right. But of course, because he's a superstar. <laughs> he swore out a 13 year old kid. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm still, I, mean, I, still, I still idolize the guy. So yeah. I, I sort of understand. It was, it was a Steve life Oz lesson, guy. actually. It's great that you took it that way. And I think it yeah. is a life yeah. lesson. I mean, yeah. Barry Bonds. Right. Enough said. I, yeah, I mean, so there are a lot of examples, I'm sure, of this kind of stuff. Um, wow. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> Listen, we, we all should aspire to be Charlie Sheen. Are you kidding me? Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. A uh, couple of, uh, let's do a fast yes. uh, roundup of some of the other okay. big stories. HP... This is a shocker. Is going to dual. I, know, I, I, I can't believe this is going to dual boot between Windows and their own OS, Web OS, on you know all I, 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 future PCs. I wonder if this is ever going to happen. I almost picture the current CEO just being ousted six months from now, and they're going to pretend this never happened. I, this sounds crazy. This to is me. Leo's idea. He's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who said cow. that? I don't remember. Yeah, no. That's we'll a, a shocker. So. A lot of PCs today ship with some other environment, right? Yeah, Linux um, is not unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it, usually based on Linux. And the reason it's on there is so you can browse the web or right. watch a movie or do something like that without having to boot into Windows because apparently that's an onerous thing to have to do. So they could position it like that, I suppose. Right. It's our, sh- our little quickie, quick start. That, Maybe they have a small screen. Because that's yes. the other issue is WebO is not, not designed for a 1480 by you know, 1200. No, not screen. yet, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. Nor is it designed for a non-touch interface. But of course, if it's going to be on there, they're going to have to do something along right. those lines. So we'll see. We'll see what they come up with. I think it's goofy. I think it's goofy too. But again, you know, we don't know exactly what the point of this is. So I guess we'll see. Right. You know? How did they give a time frame? Yeah, by 2012, every single computer oh, they make. Well, the, uh, the Mayans will have uh, yeah, destroyed the Earth. Destroyed the Earth. This might be part of their plan. You know, it's amazing how many people actually think that December 21st, 2012, the world will end. My son is really into this. And I was telling him, I said, let's just use some common sense. 
Um, if these guys had such a firm grasp on what was going to happen 2000 years <laughs> Maybe they'd the still road, be around. Why, why are they gone? <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't have thought that like, Cortez guy was a so, god. Yeah, they, could predict, they could predict the world's end, but they didn't see the boats coming? Really? Really? It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. the, the people, people are, the normal people actually, I don't mean to say because of a movie. My, with, son, my son is a kid, you know. So no, a kid, I understand, but a John Cusack movie? Really? <laughs> that's well. I, I we don't we never really tire of watching Los Angeles get destroyed. So that's true. That was fun. That was a big part of it. Just make sure your homework's done by December twenty first, twenty twelve. Yeah. Uh, so we did, have we talked about joint venture, which I don't think is particularly significant. The Apple uh, stores closed. I, see, I, dis- I disagree. I, oh, you I, think I, it is? I think this is a huge deal, and and I think that a lot of people on the PC side, Microsoft side are poo-pooing this because it's like this paid service for small businesses at Apple stores. Like, are you kidding me? And and I'm sorry, this, this should be a wake-up call. The, the people who are buying Apple products now, like I said before the show started, Apple is now a diverse company with a range of products and a range of price points. And a lot of this stuff is aspirational. So you go and you need to buy an iPod because you can afford that. Then you can maybe get an iPhone. And it's like, you kind of, you want a MacBook, but they're expensive. Well, now you have an iPad, you know. Those people, <clears throat> a lot of those people are entrepreneurs. A lot of those people are going to start small businesses and they're going to want to turn to that same place where they had all these really good experiences. These are, this is an interesting and, and high growth part of the business market that Microsoft is also starting to target in a new way with that um, small business server essentials product where they're not interested in the cost and complexity of this IT stuff. They can't hire employees to do that. They, you know, so what are the alternatives? Like Microsoft has this partner ecosystem, whoever they are, you know, or you can go to the Apple store, which you already kind of know, you know, which you already know really well. And I, I, I think there's something insidious to it. And I think it's an interesting idea. And I would also point out that it's not the only part of this strategy. There's a couple of other things going on that Apple's doing that I don't think a lot of people have necessarily tied to this or understood the implications. One of them is, they canceled their XServe server product line. Apple did, right? Yeah. So these things were expensive rack-mounted servers. It was kind of crazy. It was a weird market for them we, to we be in. We actually bought one, though, I have to admit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And, I, and it was, it's great. It's a very robust device, but it's way overpriced. And you're right. We could have built our Way own overpriced. I, I think it appealed primarily to those concerned with media. That's right? why uh, we use it. It's, it, runs our me- the, it runs our video SAN, and it's the yeah. right device for that. But If you look at uh, Mac, Mac, Apple's always had a, a server version of Mac OS X, a very expensive product. I want to say it's 500 bucks, um, 600 something, somewhere in there. With the Lion version of Mac OS X coming this year, they're not selling that anymore. They're just going to give away server as part of uh, the desktop version. It's like a feature. You know, you could, you could install server. Well, that's interesting, too. What this means is that you could buy any Mac and use it as a workgroup server. And for a lot of really small businesses, instead of buying, like, say, a Windows Small Business Server Essentials machine, you can buy, like, a Mac Mini or a couple of Mac Minis, you know, and now you're getting support at that Apple store where, by the way, they have the best support in the world. And you can join this joint venture program. I, I think that this thing, I think this thing is really smart. I'm not, I, I don't have any prediction about whether or not it's going to be successful, but I think... There's more going on here than we believe. And if you look at Apple and, and how they want to expand beyond their core market, getting into the enterprise is already happening. This is how they get into small business. I think it's really smart. I think a lot of people are discrediting it. I think I think that's something they need to pay more attention to on the well, Windows side. Well, it's, it's one area where they don't 
succeed. Of course, they've tried for decades, literally for decades, to get into small business. Yeah, but what they discovered with the iPhone was they don't have to try anymore. You know? Yeah. It's well, this it's is, the Trojan horse fact, or whatever, the camel's yeah, nose. So now, now, they did, now they can just throw a program together and charge you 500 bucks a year, and I bet people are going to pay for it. It's a lot. There were people who would look at Apple servers before. You know, they also had the, um, you know, the Mac Tower style server, right? Those towers are very expensive. The uh, power, what no, they don't call them Power Max. Mac the, Pros. Uh, Mac Pros. Yeah, I bought one of those um, too. <laughs> right. Well, but very expensive. I'm not, I, I, no, I'm not, I'm not. I have nice. no. They run Windows great. The quality. I'm sure they're beautiful. But they're very expensive. You can, you know, on the PC side, servers are commodities. So you can buy a PC tower and throw a server operating system on. It's very simple. Um, now, I, this is an interesting way into the small business server market. I, I, a lot of these small businesses are going to use free, often, or low-cost online services for email. You know, they're going to use the Google app stuff with Gmail and Google Calendar. And you can use MacBooks. They can have a Mac Mini in the corner as a little bit of a file server or whatever. Done. Very simple. Um, I think this is a smart program. So I, I this is one of those things I sort of look at out of the corner of my eye. This is something we're going to want to pay attention to. I keep meaning to join it because you do get a discount, and that's the main reason I should. I should On hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you saw the story. We talked about Microsoft and Nokia, and uh, and uh, yeah. now maybe I understand a little bit better why. Uh, first of all, Nokia needed to do this. I bought an e uh, a, a N8. A Nokia phone just to see where Symbian 3 is and it really as great as it is and I love Symbian it's 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 four years out of date I mean it's already brand new phone in the fall it's out of date I must so, have held water through my nose they, there. really they need Windows Phone 7 <coughs> according to uh, I think it was Bloomberg there's another yep. reason Microsoft's gonna is this true pay Nokia a billion well, dollars that's the story I don't know I mean I, I the way it looks to me is this is an upfront payment. I think over time it's going to balance out, especially if the platform successful, which, as I described earlier, it clearly is going to be. And the the notion is that Nokia is going to pay Microsoft a per license fee for Windows Phone because that's how that works. Microsoft is going to be paying for Nokia intellectual property cross licensing deal. The deal has not been finalized yet, so we'll see how it eventually shakes out. But in the beginning, the the way the money is going to change hands is going to be toward Nokia. Now. You know, I write a story like this, or I write about it, and of course I get, I get email from people say, so in other words, Nokia picked Microsoft over Android because Microsoft paid them. It's like, no, 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 no. There is a, a definitely a value. I, I really feel that if, the two, if it comes down to you're going to pick Windows Phone or Android from Nokia's standpoint, Windows Phone is the smart choice because on Android, they would just be another OEM. Uh, Android has plenty of partners. You would just be one of many. But... With Microsoft, you get the special relationship, and you get to you know influence the and the Franklins. It, well, no, <laughs> but but you get to influence the platform you're betting on. You know, right? That's an important distinction. It, it's something you're not going to get from Android. They 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 asked, they couldn't get it, so uh, they become part of the development process, and it's very important to Nokia. And of course, they also get to sell back their own technology to Microsoft. It's, in some cases, it will be used in other Windows phones from other uh, device makers. So. There's a, it's a much, it's more of a partnership, you know, more of an equal partnership. So I, I think the way it will work out over time is that not that Microsoft will be paying them, but rather that they'll be paying each other. Well, it happens, uh, you know, that same kind of thing happens in the, the cable industry, which I once knew a little bit about, cable television, where yeah. you, if you want to get a, um, if you want to get tech TV 
on in the the Dedham area, you go to the Dedham cable provider with a bag of money and you say, right. here's marketing co-op dollars. And so that's, it looks like an advance or, payment. Or you have something that they really want and you say, well, like, like ESPN, and you say, well, you can have ESPN, but <laughs> how much you, you can also take this bag right, of crap right. over here. But, but so if you give <laughs> them cash as marketing dollars, it's co you know, you can spend this, but it has to be spent mm -hmm. a certain way. And then eventually, after a couple of years, the cable companies are paying you. But it's so it's kind of like an upfront payment. Um, and, and, but as you say, I think it evens out in the long run. By the way, uh, so. our, our chat room has told me that the, uh, we, we must pronounce Nook, Nook. So I've gone to a site called Forvo. It's all the words in the words in the world pronounced. Mm -hmm. Here are three different native Finnish speakers pronouncing Nokia. Just so Nokia. Oh, just like we said it. Nokia. Nokia. Oh, just like we said it. Sounds exactly right. I mean, am I? Am I? Are we saying it wrong? It sounds like the, the, you know we need a new Nokia. term for what I call internet pedantry <laughs> and uh, it's alive and well you know um, for example a, a few, a few weeks ago I, I i described uh object pascal yeah as the purest uh object oriented language ever created what i meant to say i knew as i as i oh, said it i, I'm I resisted sorry, the urge lisp right i resisted the urge to correct myself but yeah, no, what i knew. meant was you what i meant was, was and what i should have said was the purest, high-level, modern uh -huh. object-oriented language. Because uh -huh. I did hear from someone who it wasn't was it Lisp or was it uh, Smalltalk? You know, Smalltalk is like the Lisp. Uh, Lisp it comes out Rosetta Stone yeah. for Smalltalk began it. <laughs> yeah, Smalltalk is a, there is a reason we're not using Smalltalk today. By the right. way, well, some do. There are actually, believe it or not, and there's a Smalltalk framework called Seaside yeah. that people okay. are writing web <laughs> applications in. So I'm oh, sorry, Leo. Paul, but you are wrong. Small talk lives today in many he ways. Forgot, <laughs> the, the correct way to say that is, I'm sorry, Paul, but you are wrong again. <laughs> Perhaps you forgot the one laptop per child, which ran the squeak <laughs> <Yes>. interface. <laughs> yes. Written entirely I'm, in small talk. I'm trying to forget that laptop, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I gave mine to a small child. Uh, and he hated it. <laughs> Uh, a couple more, real quick. Uh, yes, yes. Xbox Live avatars come to life. This one's this pretty cool. cool. I, I, may, love this. I might yeah. actually do this for my son for his birthday, although unfortunately his avatar is terrible looking. Um, Microsoft has a program called Unleash Your Avatar, and they let you uh, take your avatar. You know, you design this stupid little avatar car cartoon character. Could, you know, a lot of people will make it look like them if they can, and then some people come up with these even worse designs. But whatever, it's something you can. It's Another thing that Microsoft ripped off from Nintendo, basically. It's their version of a me character. So, whatever. But uh, they have this program called Unleash Your Avatar. And you can take the avatar design and you can turn it into other stuff. So, for example, you can have it etched onto the back of a Zune HD, which would be a great way to combine two useless technologies. <laughs> but you could uh, make a 3D uh, replica of it, like a little figurine, you know, that stands on your desk. So, it's actually like a 3D version of your avatar. But the you can have an action figure. Yes. I love but that. I the, the coolest one, though, is a fathead sticker that you put up on your wall. These things can be like four feet or I think maybe even six feet tall. They're humongous. And, <laughs> you know, they're the kind of sticker that you can take on and off. And, you know, they have them for, you know, football players, basketball yeah, 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 players yeah. and things like yeah. that. Kids love so those. You can, yeah. So you can make you can make a version of your fathead Leo. A fat, Yeah. 
Actually, I mean, that might not be a bad thing for me to stick on that wall behind yeah, me. Would fat be like head a, Paul. Uh, yeah, fathead um, character. Like I'm, yeah. Except I hate the Avatar things. So well, I, my yeah. problem is I can't get it to look like me. Yeah, well, of course. It always looks like a pear-shaped old They're all man. pear-shaped. I hate that. I, yeah. I, yeah. I know. So, it's, it's dumb. Like, I, I get on Xbox 360, and all I do is play shooters, and my avatar looks like a Nickelodeon character <laughs> that you know, like, a, like a baby would watch on TV. Well, it's deceptive. And then you yeah. and then you frag the guy. Yeah, then he pulls out the with a <laughs> the rocket launcher. <laughs> so uh, you're still playing Black Ops. Are you going to get the new um, uh, that new one? That, oh, it looks so good. You mean Bulletstorm? No, it's like um, Homeland or um, oh, uh, Homefront. Homefront. So let's just say. Why does that look cool? I. So yes, the answer is yes. Of course, I'll t- I can talk about that next week. <laughs> um, I would say that uh, I, there are a couple of games. I'm looking at now because I I finished Black Ops essentially. So you're 15 you, prestige. You get the 15 prestige and then you're kind of done. You know. <sighs> oh, uh, you've said that gun, before. Like, you've said that before. <clears throat> you were 10 prestige and you were done. Or no, 11. I'm done. I mean, I I mean, it, I'm done in the sense that there's really nothing more for me to right. do. I guess I could just all. all the achievements. You know, randomly get all the challenges or whatever. But it's I don't know. who cares? So yeah, I'm looking for new stuff. So Homefront, yes, I absolutely. Homefront. I love the storyline um, of Homefront. I love alternate history Me too. Yeah. stuff so uh, that the storyline there is uh north korea apparently gets its act together and um uh, takes over asia eventually and then they invade the united states and occupy the united states so there have been many video games like this in fact um well there have been many video games like it so it looks great oh man uh, it looks and, really, um, and it was designed by uh, somebody good <clears throat> i can't remember who yeah so let's just say next week i'll have a lot more to say about that oh game. good i can't wait <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it, cu- it comes out next week. I think so. Yeah. Oops. Let me check. <clears throat> March fifteenth. Mm. When's that? Is that Tuesday? Uh, Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. Must be Tuesday. Yeah. Look at this. It looks so cool. Comes out Tuesday. So. So you're fighting to preserve. You're a patriot, trying to preserve your America. Well, to get the country back. Get the country yeah. back from the Koreans. Yep. Oh man, it looks fun. Yep. It looks kind of a little bit. I mean, it looks like it'll be the same as COD, right? I mean, kind of the same. It's, uh, yeah. It Gameplay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so. You can't say anything. I understand. I uh, Zune? No, we're not going to give up on the Zune. Yes, we are. But <laughs> No, we're not. <laughs> okay, sorry. We will not give up on the Zune. We are going to make a new Zune. Uh, yeah, that's the theory. So, uh, you know... Mary Jo Foley has a, a post where she discovered something called the Ventura Project, if I'm not mistaken, or Project Ventura at Microsoft. And it looks, to, it's kind of hard to say based on the information she has so far, but it is apparently a multimedia discovery service. It sounds a lot like it could be Zune. Mm. So, you know, I, I've discussed in the um, past that Zune is on the way out at Microsoft and they're, um, you know, phasing it out as a brand. But of course, all the services they have are going to continue in one way or the other. Yeah, the I question love the is, Zoom Marketplace and Zoom Pass. I think they should keep it going. Absolutely. So I, that stuff's all great. I like the Zoom brand too, for whatever that's worth. But you know, obviously, I don't <laughs> call the shots. You're the only it, so one. So I guess I'm the only one. I, I think it's a cool brand, but um, oh well. So yeah, the Ventura. Uh, of course, you know, as is often the case with these things, you know, you find out about it through a job posting or whatever. But it is uh, described as services and experiences revolving around music and video discovery and consumption. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. Woo, woo, woo. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, 
Hopefully, they don't call it Windows Media. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be a mistake. <laughs> you know, it's coming. It's coming. Hey, hold on a second. We're going to take a break. Come back with your uh, Windows Seven app of the week uh, and your Windows Phone app of the week. But uh, before okay. we do that, I'd like to say hello to our friends at FreshBooks, the online invoicing service that is fresh. <laughs> Fresh. I started using this a few years ago when I was just me, you know, and I was doing my invoices. I always hated doing invoices. If you're a freelancer or a consultant or, you know, you're in your own business and you're invoicing people, it's such a pain. And I always did it late, which meant I got paid late or I'd forget that I was owed money. And, you know, I mean, it just it wasn't working for me. And then I found FreshBooks. I think it was Amber who told me about FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com. I uploaded my logo. Those, those invoices now look really professional. They were really, really easy to create. In fact, I don't do time, uh, um, you know, tracking. But if you're, a, you know, a lawyer or a bookkeeper or whatever, and you charge by the hour, they have a time tracking app that's on the iPhone or on the Windows uh, desktop, and then or or Mac, you know, it's a it's a web time tracker, and then with a push of a button, it goes right into the invoice. So it right. couldn't be easier to make an invoice. And I like this. You know, the invoice is going to come electronically in their email. They can download it as a PDF and print it if they want. You can, for an additional cost, you can have it sent. And I used, always did this. I would send them the electronic, but I would also send them the print version just to make sure um, that they, they couldn't say, oh, we didn't get it. Well, yes, you did. Uh, and then, but then they can pay with a credit card. They can pay with PayPal or 11 other electronic services. Of course, they can write you a check. But when it's that easy to pay, I think it's, it's more likely you get paid faster. I always did. Automated late payment or reminders to make sure that you don't miss uh, you know, an invoice that, that hasn't been paid yet. I just think this is great. And obviously, I'm not alone. Two million users since I started using it a few years ago. I want you to try FreshBooks right now. Free for up to three clients, so there's no reason not to try it. And very affordable, too. It, it paid for itself in the, in the number of invoices I got back and the number of uh, unpaid invoices I was able to get paid. FreshBooks.com. Makes you look pro. Makes you get you paid faster. Makes it easier to invoice. What could be wrong with that? Freshbooks.com. Give it a try. I think you'll like it. Uh, Paulie, we got a Windows 7 app of the week. Did you install Service Pack when we talked about last week? It's now out. It, you install it. No problem. No, mm -hmm. Nobody's reporting problems. Everything's automatic. It's simple. Blah, blah, yep. blah. Okay. Good, good stuff. Good. So I actually have two Windows 7 app picks. One is related to, actually, they're, they're both semi-related to my recent conversion to SSDs. The first is, I, I alluded earlier to the notion that you can move your profile, your entire Windows profile, over to the second disk if you're using an SSD on a hard drive. I'm not doing that now, but I am going to be experimenting with it. And one of the tools I'm going to be looking at is this first pick, which is Profile Relocator. And this is a, uh, a tool that lets you relocate your entire Windows profile to a new hard drive. So that's very interesting. I'm, I'm also looking at some other alternatives to... Uh, you know, you, you install Windows, put a temporary um, uh, account on there, and then move things around. And then after it's all moved around, you remove the temporary account, thus getting it off of the C drive. So there are different ways to do it. But uh, thank you to Dominique Lemieux uh, for rec uh, recommending Profile Relocator. And uh, this will be hard to say on the air, but it's software.bootblock.co.uk slash question mark ID equals Profile Relocator. One word. Oh, okay. I have crystal disk info, so that's that's the that's other the, one. That's the second one. That's, yeah. Okay. I will find profile relocate. Oh, did I delete the first one when I said yes, it you to did? You? I'm so sorry. So the second one, but is, I will use this because that's going to be very handy for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's uh, if you Google yes. profile relocator, you find it right away. Yeah. There you go. Is it bootblock.co.uk, Right. It is. Yes. That's it, yeah. 
So the second one is called Crystal Disk Info. And this is a, a utility program um, that it actually works against hard drives as well, but it's very good to uh, run against your SSD because one of the issues you can run into, I have not run into this myself, but when you install Windows on an SSD, sometimes it doesn't enable all of the features on the SSD for some reason. And huh. this, is a, this is a way to check to ensure that all of the functionality is running, especially things like trim, if the trim supports there. It will also list all of the features that are available on your particular drive, uh, which can also be useful and interesting. So... This is a nice little utility. Um, I haven't gotten it to, you know, it does, t I guess it does temperature monitoring. I, I have a different pick that I haven't used yet that, um, among other things, uh, it monitors the health of disks and will give you the temperature uh, reading. And I actually turned it off previously on my laptop because the that hybrid drive was running hot. And I noticed when I pulled it out, it was pretty hot. <laughs> I think it's just a, I think it's the way the drive works. But I, the SSDs seem to run uh, much cooler. Than hard drives oh, as well. Yeah. Anyway. And lower power, and that's why they're great in a laptop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Crystal Disk Info is a very, very useful uh, tool to have Got as well. It. And uh, finally, uh, what I would say is your Windows Phone 7 pick of the week, but it isn't, is it? It is. Well, it's a website. No, but they have an app too. Oh, there's an in app. Fact, yeah, so IGN is, um, uh, they actually they do a bunch of different entertainment-related things, but primarily the thing I care about is uh, they they are in fact my only trusted source for video game reviews. Right. Um, they do have a website, obviously ign.com, or you can go to like xbox360.ign.com. Right. Right. Um, they have native apps. I know on the iPhone as well, and maybe on other uh, platforms. But they have one on Windows Phone Seven, oh, which is great. great. Yeah, and the thing I like about it is, you know, they review everything. And like I said, I really I really trust these guys. And when I look out at, at the industry, and you think about the different sites and services that are available. There are certain categories of things where it's like, I trust these guys. I trust, you know, I, I right. trust, for example, laptopmag.com, laptop magazine for uh, reviews of hardware, especially laptops and smartphones. Um, and I trust these guys for video games. And the thing I really like about it, it, this, the, the app does all kinds of different stuff, but really all I care about are the video game reviews. And I like that you can go in and say, look, I don't want to see, I don't ever want to see like the Wii stuff come up or the PlayStation stuff, or you can, you can choose the platforms you care about. So if it's whatever it might be, you know, Xbox 360, the iPhone, um, you know, whatever, you can just choose what you want and then that's what you see. So um, it's a neat little app. I've always, and it's the type of thing like, you know, I'll be standing there in Best Buy with my son, like trying to figure out a game and he'll like, oh, let's get this one. I'll say, hold on, let me see what IGN says, you know. And if they give it a good enough review, okay, yeah, we can go for that. But I've shot down a lot of games, which he's been very disappointed by. Oh, but Simpsons. you're saving a lot of money because there yeah. are some bad games out there. Yep. And not a lot of good video game sites, frankly. Um, There's just a lot of childish writing and, and bad writing, and these guys are good. So I, this is the site. It's the only site I go to for video game stuff. IGN and... Uh Windows Phone 7 app. Paul Therat is at the super site for Windows. You should be going there if you want to read about everything having to do with Microsoft and Windows. Um, winsupersite.com. You should also read his stuff, including the brand new Windows Phone secrets. For those of you who have Windows phones, <laughs> the secrets will be revealed. All, well, a million people at least. Didn't they say? Yeah, they so, yeah a couple million uh, in the channel anyway. As someone pointed out to me via email, I should be happy that Microsoft has not delivered any updates at all because my book is still up to date. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a see, sad Paul, point. It's not, but see, that's what I like about Paul. Sure, he could argue that. But will he? No. 
<laughs> no, he, no, I, I, I would rather have my book be wildly out of date. I want yeah, this thing to be. He wants it to be up to date, updated, he and cares. Yeah. Yep. And uh, don't forget that whole great SSD migration. We talked about it, uh, but the the details are online at SuperSite for Windows. WinSuperSite.com. I'm going to follow that all along when I get the new uh, laptop and do my boot camp. Yeah, I'm just SSD for going forward. That's it. Oh yeah, awesome. It. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Paul. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, we do the show Thursdays, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, live.twit.tv if you want to watch live. But, of course, if you can't watch live, you can always download the show, and I promise we will always offer audio and video of this and all of our shows uh, on iTunes, anywhere podcasts are, the Win the Zoom uh, Marketplace, everywhere you can get your favorite podcasts. Just look for Windows Weekly or just the Twit Network. Speaking of which, we will be in Austin this weekend. I'm flying out tomorrow. Eileen and Tom, I think, are already there. And I'm excited. We're going to be uh, doing our, uh, our Twitch show live from Momo's in Austin on Sunday the 13th. We start at 1 p.m. with a tech guy, 1 to 4, live at Momo's. From 4 to 5, it's TNT with Tom Merritt. From 5 to 7, it's Twit. And then we'll have a meetup from 7 on. The band starts at 8 p.m. Do come early because there are only 380 seats. So if you get there after that, you can go upstairs, but you won't be able to be in our audience. Please come early. I have a feeling we'll fill up. We've even got some special South by Southwest Twit stickers just for the event. So if you're in Austin this weekend, come by Momo's Sunday from 1, one o'clock on. Paul, we'll see you next time on Windows Weekly. Take care. You too.